0: everyone welcome to know your gear QA what is this 130 <laughs> so hopefully you guys can see me okay I'm just waiting for everything to update as we see let's see here we are let's go back and what do we got going on how's it going everybody okay uh so how was everyone's week I hope it was good mine was really busy last week this week it was not as busy but a lot of stuff got done which is great um i see already a ton of questions and already comments on the uh on the uh forum already but before we start i want to do a couple announcements the first thing is i just want to thank everyone who uh helped uh we talked last week about uh micah the autistic, artistic 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 i always get it backwards um and uh, they did a uh, drive to raise some money. They were selling a guitar to raise money to give lessons to autistic uh, kids. And it uh, looks like the guitar went for 790 bucks. Pretty good take on that. And uh, hopefully that's, uh, that's uh, what they were looking for. It looks like it was. It was a good amount. So I want to thank anyone who was involved with that. It's always nice to hear good things. And uh, now know more people are going to be getting involved in music so that was cool i'm excited about that uh and then also another thing real quick uh, a lot of times i get these comments on these live shows Uh, whenever we, uh, whatever we talk the longest about, it seems like that's what ends up being the title of the, uh, the show. And uh, a lot of people are like, Hey, you know, they can't find it. So this is just a reminder at the beginning of the show that a couple things. One, I index all these QAs. So, uh, they're all the questions will be in the, uh, in the description down below. So you can go right to each question or anything that we talked about subject matter wise on every show. Just want to let you know, that's a, that's a thing. I, I, it takes me about an hour and a half to do that. So, uh, hopefully you use it if you need It. The other thing is also remind everybody that uh, this is actually watched or streamed more on iTunes than it is on YouTube. So, this is also a podcast audio version only on iTunes and uh, SoundCloud. I was going to say Instagram, (laughs) SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever. I'll put some links down below too. So, just so you guys know, more of you consume this as an audio uh, podcast than you do as a visual uh, live QA. So, reminding everybody about that uh, and uh this show is uh i want to say sponsored but it's funded by the patrons so we'll do that we'll do uh we'll you name know, some of the new patrons at the end of the show but as always i'd like to remind everybody that's who that's who makes this happen every week i want to thank the patrons for supporting and uh let's get into some of the cool questions that i saw um the first one was somebody asked me about a prs uh there was a harley bitten prs copy and they asked me if i would be interested in doing a sharp max um I, I uh, sadly enough, unfortunately, I'm sure it's because you, you have one and you'd like to get it sharpened. Um, I am doing a Sharper Max. Um, what ended up happening, if you guys watched my Harley Benton um, uh, Fusion guitar review, you will see that I mentioned there that the uh, green Harley Benton PRS copy was damaged. Um, I... Uh, fixed the neck. The neck was cracked. I fixed the neck. I didn't film that. I don't know why. I, I didn't think to do a video. I was just going to fix it and then I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this guitar. Give it away to somebody. But I decided I'm probably going to do some kind of makeshift Sharp Max. This won't be a full Sharp Max video, but I'm going to do something. We're going to try to figure out how to give it away. Give it to somebody who could use a nice guitar. What's funny is the guitar even damaged plays great. <laughs> it's the irony. Um, I would like to get it swapped out, but I just don't think that's going to happen. It's not in the cards. So I'm just gonna fix it up and we'll give it away so i am doing a sharp max so to speak with that i don't know if it'll be an official one i should have filmed the crack neck repair it was a pretty simple one though but still i'm sure you guys would like to see it don't worry there's more content like that on its way Okay, we got some Super Chats. Hold on, I'm just going to pin those real quick. And what else? Let's see. Oh, somebody else also I I saw. If asked me if I saw the new Silver Jubilee or the Jubilee uh, Marshall Studio head, 20 watts. Um, I did. I saw that. Um, I have the Silver Jubilee 25 watt head. And it uh, looks like they repackaged this, uh, switched it to 20 watts. I'm curious to see if it's different inside. The aesthetics are different. Uh, and, uh, so, you know, any thoughts on that? Only thing I can tell you is this. I had, I got rid of it. I had the JCM 800, uh, studio head. Uh, I had that amp and I did a comparison video with the Silver Jubilee. And, uh, in the video, I think I preferred the 800 over the Silver Jubilee. It was tough because they're both different. I like them both for different things, but this is what's funny sometimes about getting to do a review, something, a conclusion. I don't know if I would have came to without having you guys out there. Somebody then asked me, well, how does it compare to your Freeman Runt? And actually what happened, in my opinion, the Runt sounded better than both the Marshalls. So I got rid of the 800. I kept the Silver Jubilee just because I like the way it looks. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's cool. <laughs> it's cool looking. <laughs> so it's uh it, so it's in the hallway right now uh i use it uh from time to time uh it's funny i would say this last weekend i had some friends over and we were going through all my amps and none of them like that amp and every time i have friends over no one likes that marshall amp uh but i like it but um and so yeah i ended up liking the run better and then i ended up liking the jj jr more than the run so that's how that went so there you go a couple of marshall fans i'm sure are going to be unhappy with that comment and unsubscribing uh i'm still a marshall fan I'm just becoming more of a fan of their logo than their amps, it looks like. So, just how it works. Um, Okay, what else? Um, What else? What else? Hold on. Hold on. uh pan shooting says who is your red friend on top of the fender amp uh that right there is the cosmic hippo if you are a bella fleck and the fleck tones fan like i am i have seen bella fleck and the fleck tones three times uh i think i've seen bella fleck once and then bella fleck and the fleck tones three times um saw so once with stanley jordan it was great Anyways, uh that being said, I'm a huge uh, bella fleck fan and uh so I bought uh that at one of the shows. Uh I probably bought that in 90 something. No, seriously, it was probably 2000, 2001, 99-2001 around that time. It's been a while. So, um yeah, that's what it is. It's a Cosmic Kippo. And then this over here in case you're wondering is a draft Uh, has no relevance other than my daughter gave me a giraffe one day. I'm not even sure why. (laughs) So I thought, hey, symmetry. If I'm going to put a hippo on one side I need a giraffe on the other. There you go. That's what that is. It's, I I think, you know, what it is, is because this is the room I film in, uh, and uh, maybe maybe it's instinctive for everyone, uh, like cubicles, to put stuff, like (laughs) I tend to put stuff... I have stuff over here, too. It's like, like, you know, you just can't help but stack things on things. So maybe that's what it is. If this is my cubicle, that's the crap I put on top of my cubicle walls that everybody seems to be annoyed with. But you do it anyways. Um... Oh, Brian said the Super Jube was already twenty watts. It's just called the twenty-five, twenty-five. There you go. See, there you, there you go. So it's it, when I saw the video. So you know, I saw the video. I, I at first I was like, oh, something new. And then as I looked at it, it just looked like they repackaged the old product with a new facing. Again, nothing wrong with that at all. I just didn't think it was a new amplifier, but I don't know. I didn't, I didn't learn much about it. But like I said, um, I love my Super jubilee Silver Jubilee. Uh, 20 watt head or 25 it's 20 watt i guess 20 watt head i do i really like it it's a fun amp i like it i run a, a boss dd3 delay pedal through the effects loop and uh man i, I it's cool i get like these Joe Bonamassa slash style tones you know that i like um like i said so i like it but a lot of my friends actually not all of my friends i haven't i gotta find a friend that likes that amp because everyone who comes around my house tells me that they that's my worst amp um, Scott Miller did a super chat for no reason, just to do it. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that uh so much. Um what else? Where is socola oh, hold on a second? We're getting sidetracked. The drunken scoundrel. That's a good name. <laughs> says, where is your amp top rubber shark? I don't have that. <laughs> I got my own, I got F- Funko Pops. <laughs> those of you following Instagram probably know I have somebody made me a Funko Pop uh, so here you know what let me grab it so this is Slash whoops this is the Slash oh man it's so bad this is a Slash this is a Funko Pop I didn't know what they were until somebody sent me one uh, this is a Funko Pop this is Slash and uh, this is a Funko Pop uh, this is me <laughs> they even got oh where is it at oh, let's find the camera look at that they even got my base perfect the flame in it and stuff uh and they got my haircut i mean you gotta admit that's uncanny how good they did the haircut <laughs> so yeah so i have this stuff just everywhere uh by the way a viewer did that for me and that is cool he hand painted this and made this so uh pretty pretty sick um, What else do we got going on? Uh, We got some super chats. Hold on, guys. I got super chats stacking up, I'm trying to get to both sides. And I just want to mention real quick, Scott Miller and Jay uh, Clover uh, just did a super chat for no reason. Man, you guys, thank you. That was really cool. Uh, Scarma Guitar, because you're Philip McKnight. Uh, that's why. <laughs> well, <laughs> would they be cool if that worked at a restaurant or somewhere? And if they like, here's your bill. I'm like, I am Phil McKnight. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, thank you, guys. You guys are being very kind. I appreciate it. Uh, Skarma Guitar, if you guys haven't checked out, we did a giveaway. Or should I say they did the giveaway. All I did was uh, pick a name. Uh, they got the guitar. They did pictures. I'll share that next Friday on the live show. Uh, I'm switching. Uh, uh, right now I'm using the OBS software. Um, when Google Hangouts uh, you know, stopped being used on YouTube, I had OBS software. I switched to it i i like it there's some some things i don't like and one of them is i can't share as much stuff with you guys so i'm switching software so next week i'm going to share some stuff i'm gonna share the winner with you and and ha- uh they sent pictures of them with the guitar they're very excited thank you to scar guitar for for giving away a guitar that was pretty cool so and uh they're working on a project with uh with a guitar right now and if you check out their channel you don't have to wait for me to announce it you'll see some of the, the stuff of that now um the Smelly Cats Jazz, another good, wow, I love these new sign-ons instead of like weird license plates. This is cool. The Smelly Cats Jazz. Uh, your content helps save me a hundred bucks when uh, buying used. Uh, thanks for that. My question is, have you tried the made in Switzerland? Uh, I don't know what this is. Livinson Blades? I have to uh, Google that. Sorry. So the answer is no. I don't know even know what it is. Um trying to see it's a guitar, it looks like. Is it blade guitar? No. Hmm. It, it's a choice of hardware. Is it pickups? It's gotta be pickups because I'm seeing the word blades. Ah, and when I pull it up, the first person I see is uh Kirk Hammett. So So it looks like a guitar they answered the question i haven't but i'll index it so you guys can see what i'm looking at right now um and i won't share it right now because like i said it it stinks with the obs software that i can't share that stuff i have to preload everything i want to share with you guys in obs i like the old way of doing it when i could just go and share to a website i know the podcast people didn't like it but i would try to be more vocal in, in describing what i was seeing so i haven't tried that uh uh but Uh, smelly cats jazz um also by the way you know i'm glad i i'm glad i helped you save some money uh, buying used one thing that um that I've been, uh, focused on more lately. If you guys notice is talking about used gear more when you start your YouTube channel, used gear is how you save money to get gear and talk about it. Let's be honest when you, you know, when I started my channel, uh, for those of you that are, you know, starting channels or, are having channels that are, that are newer, you know, that's how you, you try to find gear. You can save money by used. And, um, as your channel grows, you companies will send you gear. And some, sometimes they, they become the, the thing that they send you is what you talk about, especially because people are looking for that and um i enjoy used gear most of the stuff i own in fact well it's probably won't, yeah well think about this i think uh well i bought the dan electro behind me used normally i have more used gear behind me oh i bought the supersonic used um and I, that eddie van healing guitar whoops over there that i bought used as well that i can't point to <laughs> see i got i got <laughs> Somebody said last week that I finally got the pointing down and uh that's what ruined it. They uh they they messed it up. Uh let's see, Zach says this week I got a weird fender branded pawn shop guitar, but I can but I can't tell if it's real if someone put a fender decal on a squire. Uh anyone heard of a solid body pawn shop fender made in Indonesia? No, there wouldn't be a fender made in Indonesia now. Again, there's so many guitars. There's so much stuff. There's just no way, you know, any any person could be on top of this. But as far as I know, the only Fender Fender branded electric guitars in recent years, let's say the last ten years, ten years for sure, okay, that were not made in Mexico, Japan. Or well, let me put it this way: there would be a couple models that are obviously Japan. Uh, there's a few that are made made in Mexico and U.S. There's a couple of that are made in Korea. They were made in um oh you know what it is possible it's possible it's made in indonesia here's why I, I don't remember any of the pawn shops made anywhere besides mexico that's what i remember the pawn shops made in mexico however um there is like a classic vibe almost like a square classic vibe there's a classic vibed fender uh guitars that were made in china they made a telly and a strat uh and the strats were like hum single humbucker and they were like mahogany body it was like uh trans uh black um But here's what I don't know. I would imagine any of the guitars they were making in Korea, they moved them to Indonesia. So it's possible. I just don't remember that particular model. Um, But what I can tell you, Zach, is uh, if you send me pictures to ask Know Your Gear... um, I can tell you, I can do my best to try to look at it. I did that before. I asked some people to sent some wiring to me and, and, and it worked out for some and a couple. Uh, just I know you, we all have good cameras on our phones now. Just try not to make sure that there's, there's glare on it. It's hard when I'm looking at glare. Uh, just try to take a couple couple pictures, right? And just send me two or three so that hopefully one of them works out. I can see what I'm looking at. Um, if anyone else knows, that'd be interesting too. But as far as I know, I don't, I've never seen a Fender made in Indonesia. Uh, f- see... Uh, McDingus says Fender pawn shops were originally made in Japan. I remember. Okay, so there was Japan Japanese ones. So you know, Japan and Fenders. Okay, anytime you see Fender made in Japan, there's all kinds of models over all kinds of years made in Japan. That's 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 for sure. There are like set neck, uh, telecasters, all of the fenders that in my, the way I described it, that look like Schecters. There is some fenders that look like they are always set necks, uh, like the show caster show master, something like that. Uh, again, you know, trying to do it off memory. Uh, those are made in Korea. So, uh, but I, Indonesia, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. They move around a lot. And what's really tough is Here's what's really tough. What's really tough is, is that when the pawn shop stuff came out, that was during the recession. It was like the weirdest time when I was a Fender dealer because there was so much stuff coming from so many places. Think about this when during the recession. Things I can tell you, the first Eddie Van Halen launched amps were made in Vietnam. Then they were immediately shut down. And uh, the mini heads, they were made in Vietnam. The first batch was then the second batches and stuff they came from mexico so you saw a lot of this stuff they were just changing sites what i remember what i remember uh, about the recession the most the thing that was that stuck in my head was um i remember waiting for a shipment of guitars from fender Forever, and I was really desperate for it. You know what I mean? And it was acoustics, and that's what's funny about this. And we're waiting, waiting. And it kept getting pushed back put, back, put back, pushed back, and then they finally got them, and they had to source them to a different factory. And uh, I, I don't know if it's true. I just remember laughing because they said, "Well, what happened?" And they said, "Well, the factory stopped making guitars, started making furniture in China." And I, I only reason I'm telling the story is not because of whether or not that's true or not. What's funny about that was. It happened two or three other times with two or three other companies around that time. I just remember out of, out of everywhere, somebody, people would start telling me, manufacturing would be like, yeah, we're not getting our shipments. The factory closed down is now making something else because the recession, they weren't making enough money in guitars they were getting out of it. So there's all kinds of weird stuff out there. So you have to kind of, you have to kind of like check and look. Um, the par- hard part about what you said, so you know, is that the label looks like a sticker on the fender, or it looks like a you know a water decal. It doesn't look very good. That 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 is real common with real fenders. Sometimes the logos don't look right. So, what I can tell you though is uh is uh, this will help is that if you call Fender's customer service line and you give them the serial number as long as it's a current FMIC production piece in other words nothing predating before they they acquired the company in the late 80s right uh they'll be able to authenticate it as a guitar they'll be able to tell you that what it is so um i've uh done that i've done it as recent as, as a month ago i had to call and authenticate a guitar for a customer so Somebody says in Vietnam, Matt. Yeah, if you were talking about the EVH stuff, yeah, they were made in Vietnam. The first couple of rounds of, of amps, so you could have a, a fifty-one fifty mini head, the fifty watt heads, and if you look in the back, it'll say made in Vietnam. So the rest should say all made in Mexico. Yeah, Todd Flower says he's pretty sure the Indonesian won't pawn shops are squires. That is how I remember it too. I don't remember, you know why? Like I said, I don't think I've physically ever seen a Fender electric guitar in Indonesia. So that's why I'm saying that's what throws me for a loop. If you would have said China or Japan, I, I might, you know, cause I've seen that. So, um, okay. Hold on a second. I know you got some super chats. I'm trying to get some new ones. Um, Okay. Jeff Fleming says, greetings, Phil. I just bought a used Carbon DC 127 with a beautiful AAA Saga like 4A flame maple top. One uh, of the best feeling necks I've ever owned. $200. What gives? Why are these so cheap in the aftermarket? Uh, you know, Carbons are coming up in value because of Kiesel. Kiesel has been pulling up the value, but let's be very clear. You know, if you if you know the whole story between Kiesel and Carbon and how that happened, you know, Carbon was Kiesel. I have a whole five things you don't know about Kiesel that, uh, that kind of talks about this. Um, the reality is Jeff Kiesel and his father, they really rebranded and built that company uh, to a new level. I mean, you know, I I've, i hate this. Now it's the like third time I have to tell the internet how wrong I was. <laughs> uh, when, when that happened, I was wrong. Like I said, I thought the rebranding was not going to be a, a good move. I thought it was like the sign of, you know, like, hey, they're going to have to be Kiesel guitars now instead of Carbon. But the reality is, is the Carbon-branded guitars were just not... Um uh you know not not resale value is horrible. Okay, so I I I normally tell you guys I won't tell you stories from the store cuz I don't want to uh upset, you know, customers, old customers, because again, I like a lot of my customers as friends. Um, this story, I don't mind telling you cause it's not really about the customer. It's just about some bonehead thing I did once and it involves Carvin and it's an interesting story. So I once had a Carvin come in on trade in the store and it was w- exactly what you're talking about. It was like a 5A top, mahogany body, neck through, ebony fretboard. It's a beautiful guitar, right? So I took it on trade and I remember looking at, um, uh, you know, looking it up, seeing what they're going for. And they just weren't going for very much money. You could buy them for like 400 bucks, $500. So I told the guy who traded in the guy who traded in actually knew me really well. And I said, I, I'm telling you, man, I'm, I mean, they're going high for like 400 bucks. Right. And, uh, he's like, are you kidding? And, and so we looked and we looked together and we both came to conclusion that it was worth about $400, right? 350 to $400. So what happened was I tagged it so what we did was I gave him high for it I think I gave him 3 maybe 350 probably 3 for it thinking I'd tag it for 4. And uh, which is you know it's not a lot of margin in that. And what happened was months went by <laughs> no one bought it. It sat and sat and sat and uh, marked it down to 300 just to get out of it. And what happened was I'll never forget this. This is again sometimes when you're new you're just not smart uh I, I uh, had a customer come in. They just were starting lessons that day, and they were coming in. and And I used to talk to the people as they would wait for their lessons. I would, and he's excited. He's got his first lesson guitar, you know, here at the at the lessons. And uh, he <laughs> he's like, "Hey, you want to see a really crazy cool guitar?" And I said, "Sure." And he opens it up, and it's the exact same guitar that's on the wall in a different color. And he goes, he goes. Um, I'm, he said he's in construction and he, he, uh, he did some work for somebody, you know, and they said that instead of paying him, they trade him his guitar. And he goes, and, uh, he says, you'll never see a guitar like this is beautiful. And I looked at it and without even thinking, I go, I have that exact same guitar over there. If you want, I can get you another color for 300 bucks. And what happened was he, he didn't say anything. He went to his lesson. He left and he never came back again. He never came to a second lesson. And so the next week when he didn't come, I was like, hey, you know, I asked the teacher, did you call him? You know, hey, what happened? She was like, yeah, I called he didn't He didn't call me back. And I said, oh, and he goes, well, he did mention that something happened. And I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I guess he mentioned he bought some guitar on trade and it was he paid. So he traded the guy for fifteen hundred dollars is what he paid for that guitar. And I guess I really hurt his his feelings when I told him that I couldn't get three hundred for the same guitar. So uh, I didn't mean to insult him. It happens. You know, but um, anyways, the point of the story is that yeah, carbons don't hold value for that reason. So they're good buys. That's what's great about them. So, so, you know, I say this all the time. Godens, you can get really great deals on Godin's, some of the American PV stuff. Um, and, and you know what? And it, it just because people don't know about it. That's why I like a lot of times when I do these videos, if you look in the comments, when I do videos about used gear, you can see in the comments, uh, I, as people go, oh, well, not, a, it's not going to be a deal anymore because <laughs> we talked about it. So if you're out here watching, just remember when you're watching my channel, especially, you know, even though the channel has gotten bigger over the years, if you're new, you know, and you're, you're the first time to see videos and we talk about stuff like this, check it out before, you know, people check them out. You can get smoking deals. There is nothing. That's a great Jeff. So, you know, $200 for an American made carving is killer deal, man. There's no, you're, you're going to love that guitar forever. Unless you try to sell it, <laughs> but you'll get out of it for, you'll get what you, uh, you put into it. Cause like I said, 200, that's a steal. even and like I said and Keezel is really bringing the brand carving up as a whole um uh Zach says this week I got oh sorry that's where did this one uh smelly Cat jazz says yes they are guitars boutique fender co- copies so he's talking about smelly cat jazz is uh was the guitar we were just talking about where to go uh, which was the uh Levinson blades. So it's a, it's a boutique Fender copy guitar. So kind of like Grosh, That's how I would look at that Fender boutique copy guitars. To me, there's a whole series of those guitars. There's Grosh. There's uh obviously I think Sir is a, a boutique Fender copy, you know, for those that, you know, and I, I don't know. I always picture in my head now, somebody who has a surrogate pissed off at me for that, but I'm sorry, that's what they are. And I mean, that as a compliment, you know, there are just, there are brands that just take common brands and make boutique versions of them. So that'd be interesting. I'd like to check them out. Um Gitbox 6 strings says, thoughts on Ibanez SZ series. They seem interesting. Um yeah, I don't you know, I'm I'm pretty broken on the Ibanez thing. Um I like a lot of the guitars. I tend to stick with the RG styles, which is now the new AZs. If you see I got the AG AZ right there. It's backwards. Um and the AZs to me are like the adult version of the RGs right the RGs are like fast they're like sports cars uh and this is more like a the AZ is is more a more of a practical type of guitar it doesn't it's not as shredder happy uh as a guitar so um but the SE series is another brand uh, another series of Ibanez I like I'm an Ibanez guy uh I think I've talked about this you know a lot of channels we watch on YouTube some people are Gibson fans Fender fans you know PRS fans Uh, I'm a fan of all guitars, as you can tell. That's why I always laugh when somebody says, obviously you don't like this guitar. And I'm like, well, obviously you haven't watched any of my videos. Uh, it let's, let's, let's put it this way. Looking at guitars I have, if I was a drug addict, I would be doing every drug at this point. You wouldn't be able to pigeonhole me. I, I very few guitars I can say I don't like. Um, so, uh, but that being said, the guitar that I, the guitar that I wanted when I was a kid was an Ibanez and you know what I mean? So that's why they kind of have a special place in my heart for that. Uh, Bob Crosley. Hey, what's up, Bob? Says, hey, Phil, are you still doing your $3 Tele upgrade? You're still doing it uh, with the 0.47 capacitor. And would you recommend using it with the treble bleed? Um, yeah, he's talking about when I, I did a video. It was one of my very first videos I ever done on my channel where I said, hey, I upgraded my Tele with a $3, which now I think is probably $5. Talk about inflation. Uh, orange drop capacitor a 0.47. Uh, yes, I still put orange drops in most of my guitars. I just like them. So it's funny. I, 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 you know, before YouTube, this is funny to me before YouTube, I would do things, upgrade guitars for customers for myself. And, uh, you know, and then when YouTube happened, all of a sudden people had like these opposing opinions, like, Oh, you can't tell the difference between these capacitors. You can't do that. And, uh, I'm like, well, you know, I, I still do it. It's, Four bucks, you know, three bucks. It's a cup of coffee to make a guitar potentially sound better. I'm going to try it, uh, and I always like the orange drops. So there you go. Um, but yes, I still do it. Uh, but the next question he had was, what I recommend doing the treble bleed? Okay, so the treble bleed's a weird thing, and here's why. Um, I I have a bunch of treble bleeds that I, I wire up real quick. So you know, it's just two capacitors uh, wired together. There's a couple ways to do it. Uh, actually, no, I said two thinking about it i think prs uses one um and so if you google treble bleed you'll see this is a very easy mod prs uses a lot i've used a lot a lot of companies use it a lot and um you know it's funny i'll just say lawrence lawrence and i were having lunch one day and he was saying he doesn't like the treble bleed he removes it from his, all his guitars by the way lawrence and i that's one of the things that made us friends uh, was that he's an ibanez guy too by the way we we both are into ibanez's when we were younger and um Anyway, so back to that thing. Uh, I find I'm very particular about the treble bleed. I've installed in guitars and just hated it and put another guitar in it. And so, if oddly enough, some guitars, absolutely, I have have to have it in guitars. And some guitars, I can't stand it in there. So, um, you know, it's, it's up to the guitar. There you go. It's up to the guitar, which really means it's probably up to the electronics and the guitar. But I would love to tell you, you know, if you go with these kind of pickups, do the treble bleed. If you go with these, don't. It seems to be just the, the sum of the parts, but it's an easy thing to put in, and if it doesn't work, take it out. Uh, Team Mipseed, sure, <laughs> we're gonna say Team Mipseed. Team Mipseed said, "Thanks for what you do. I've learned a lot. Thank you, buddy, for uh, the super chat and then the other super chats. Let me grab some non super chats. There's 740 of us, and I'm trying to get to as many questions as possible." Uh, Jason Gooding says, Hey, Phil, what are your thoughts uh, regarding devil cat amps? Uh, I played devil cat amps one time. It was at the winter nam 2013. Sounds right. I'm pretty sure ish. <laughs> uh, I remember cause they were wearing flight suits. Uh, devil cat amps is also, um, uh, is it AMG guitars? That, it's an, it's an, it's an acronym, right? It's letters, right? Uh, Anyways, uh, the one I played was really cool. It was a really cool amp. They're a small company. They make them here in the U.S. Uh, I'm pretty sure RNA Music is a dealer for them. So if you do decide to check one out, I'd contact Ryan at RNA Music. Might as well give local businesses a plug. They, you know, they deserve it probably more than anybody because they're good people. Um, But uh, so that one experience with it was good. I'd never had a chance to try one uh, besides that. So... Uh, but the one time I plugged it in and you know what, they were in the bottom basement of the winter NAM, and I actually was early on a Thursday morning and I can actually hear the amp. So, uh, ah, Jamie, how much fret buzz is too much fret buzz? Jamie, you will now understand what it's like to be a guitar repair guy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I need a shirt that says, uh, in fact, I've been, I've been saying I'm going to make this shirt for over a decade. It just says, I know, I know low action, no fret buzz. Everybody always says to me, Phil, low action, no fret buzz. So how much fret buzz is too much fret buzz? Well, you know, what's funny is this is literally the thing that, that can make uh, a a me or uh, a tech, a guitar tech crazy. Um, because it's discretionary. Everyone decides how much fret buzz is acceptable. Some players are zero, none, not even acoustically you know what I mean not plugged into amp they want no buzz whatsoever that's fine actually that's that's more than fine but some players actually want low action and like like I've had this this is a true story uh, and and so this is a, a customer who who made me so nuts we were actually good friends now because I either had to kill him or become his friend so <laughs> what happened was he came to me on there for this he wanted 9 gauge strings half to half step down low action no buzz whatsoever <laughs> and what ended up happening this is before YouTube what ended up happening was I had to decide either at this point uh, so I did what he said because that's what you do first you're like okay I'll just do it because at first I don't know what you're perceiving any of this as you know what I mean maybe he Maybe so I, I set up the guitar and of course it's it's sizzle town man it's like ba- we call it bacon it's crispy bacon the guitar is just sizzling uh, every note it just sounds like a can of bees and uh, he's not having it <laughs> And what's funny, sometimes you get lucky and you have that aha moment where you're like, you know, you're like, how am I going to talk to this person? (laughs) Right. There's just there's just no rational conversation to have. And I finally I just out of nowhere. I said, what guitar do you have? That's 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 not doing this. So can I analyze this guitar? Maybe I can figure out why. And he goes, well, I don't have a guitar that does. they all do it. That's what drives me crazy. And luckily, that's how we became friends, because I decided at that point I was going to spend more time educating him or teaching him about it than I was about trying to adjust his guitar. And so what we ended up doing was uh, he ended up going to um, nine hybrids. So nine to forty sixes. we got him to go there because he wanted to end and we got him to raise his action just a little bit, just a little bit more than the shredder uh, height. And we, you know, and also understand what's an acceptable amount of buzz. And so here's what's the great question, Jamie. Everybody's got a different opinion, but I will tell you what generally most players, (laughs) as I hesitate because it's the Internet. No, most players will agree on this. Uh, It means no buzz through the amp. That's really when people say no buzz, they mean they'll take if if you want low action, right? Right. Uh, If you want your action to feel good, and low just means the strings are close to the fretboard. If you want it to feel good and easy to play, and you want the action low, uh, you have to accept it. There'll be a little sizzle here and there um, on the notes. They buzz just a little bit, but not through the amp is ideal. Um, Keep in mind, if you run tons of distortion, you know what I mean? You're not going to hear it as much. But the problem with buzz, and this is what, what the real symptom of it is, is that buzzing is physically the string um, and I'll use, Hey, I'll use my Swiss army knife as a, as a fret. Uh, here's my pen is a string. This is the fret. And as it's spinning, it's hitting the, uh, and I'm doing this, so the mic can hear it. It's hitting slightly the fret. That's what's causing the buzz. Right. And of course, cause the string is spinning so fast, it's, you know, it makes a little clicking sound. Um, the reason I'm illustrating this, even though most of you know exactly what I'm talking about is because. You understand that if you want sustain, buzz is your enemy because every time it's hitting the the fret, you're losing the inertia of the string. In other words, the the spinning of the string, the the sound. And so you'll kill sustain. The the string won't spin as long. It won't sustain as long. So um, buzz is really a symptom of if you even if you run distortion, if you want notes to ring as long as possible, Uh, you can, uh, you know, buzz can kill that, but keep in mind, you can artificially put it back with compression, you know, compressors and stuff. But, but back to how much fret buzz is too much. It's up to each player to decide, (laughs) right? Um, but generally speaking, most players don't want to hear any buzz coming through the amp, especially clean. And, uh, and, uh, but I would love to know your guys' thoughts. Let me know how much is too much. It, like I said, I already know the answer because I get it every day. Some of you are going to say absolutely none. Some of you are going to say it doesn't bother you at all. Um, my buddy Joe, you guys have seen Joe. Uh, Joe plays nines on his Les Pauls when his action is so low. It's ridiculous. And he doesn't care about buzz at all. <laughs> it just doesn't bug him. Which is great. You know what I mean? Whenever I would adjust any of his guitars, I would love it because... He doesn't care. I just slam it on the, the, the deck and it was great. Uh, my buddy Thor, who's an amazing player, uh, whenever I'd have to do any adjustments for him or had, he'd have me help him because he can do his setups too, just like Joe. But anytime I'd have to do anything for him, uh, he likes his action high. So it was easy. <laughs> so high action usually don't have a problem with buzz. If you have a high action and you have buzzing problems, then you probably have a neck issue. There's something wrong with the neck needs to be adjusted. So on that, that's enough of, of that. Let me go back. Let me refresh. Hold on. I'm going to refresh my screen because I'm seeing outdated stuff. Okay. Um, odd, I, uh, odd says something, <laughs> uh, it says does sustain even matter. Well, that's a great, that's a, that is the the question of the day to the, to the Fred buzz thing, right? If, if it, it can or cannot, it definitely matters. to S- Santana. It definitely matters to, um, David Gilmore, you know what I mean? I mean, sustain matters, you know what I mean? Uh, John Mayer, he's another guy, you know, uh, bending and holding a note and holding it for as long as possible is a big thing. Um, I don't, I'm just saying this so you know, I don't mean to insult anyone ever when it comes to music. Uh, I don't think Ingve really cares about sustain. He might, <laughs> right? But I would imagine, you know, before the note even rings out, he's on the next note, you know, bl- blistering through those scales. So I'm assuming Ingve does not, and I know he does this guys I know he plays notes and sustains them too but you understand what I'm saying like every player is different I was just looking for analogy but um so it depends on the player if it's a, so sustain really doesn't matter to me because I usually use a compressor on everything <laughs> so so and compressors will that's why sometimes compressors compressors are sustainers that's why sometimes they're mentioned as either or Larry John says he can't stand fret buzz. Yeah, you know what's funny is um, – so, Larry, you'll relate to this. Um, What I've learned is is some people don't care about it, some players. The ones that do can actually get hyper-focused on it to the point where the OCD kicks in and they go crazy from it. Not literally crazy, but like it's – and so, like I said, when I'm working on guitars and doing setups – it's which is why, if you notice the Sharpen My Axe, this is the interesting thing about Sharpen My Axe videos. Uh, when people ask me, I got asked this once uh, when I was in Germany. They said, what's different of those versus just doing repair videos? And I said, well, the difference of the Sharpen My Axe videos, in theory, is to, to really discuss more of talking about the player and what the player would want. And that's really a good technician, a good repair person, a good tech. I should say, tech more than repair because repair is just about fixing stuff. A good tech, a good setup tech, uh, is someone who really t- tries to figure out what you want and tries to make your guitar perform the way you you need it to be. Um, which is why it's so important that you learn to do some of the, the setups and stuff by yourself for yourself, because no one is going to know what you're looking for more than you. So, uh, if you have a problem with buzz, you know what I mean. It's it, and it, that's why it's important to understand the guitar to understand where the buzz comes from. It's just not some magical thing that comes in and goes away it's it's there's reasons why it's there uh uh david munez says hey phil oh this is i love these questions i was just talking so david it's uh, got a question before i answer it i i thought about this as a great idea um what i was thinking about was from now on wouldn't it be cool if every time i do a, a review style video of the week you know, whatever I do that week, when we do the live show, if you guys want to, uh, do you guys think I should take the top questions on that review video and then answer them on the live show? So David Muniz has a question. It was, Hey Phil, can you tell me more about the Tajima neck feel? And all that comparable inequality fender made in Mexico. Love the sounds, you got thanks. And that was absolutely uh, absolutely I pinned a question somebody asked and I pinned it. Um that was a question that again, I, I you know it's one of those things when you do a video, I just never thought to oh, I should have talked about the neck feel. Um because it you know why I didn't mention the neck feel? Because it didn't feel different. It is very much like the American Professional Strat to me, or the Mexican Player Strat. Somebody said in the comments of that video perfectly, and I, uh, that's also pinned uh, with it, it says, yeah, it's like that neck was slightly thicker. That's exactly how that would uh, how we would point that out. I do have a Tajima uh, made in China entry-level guitar here. There is going to be videos on that. In fact, the videos is already made, uh, uh, so you know it's a friend of mine, and you'll see why that's going to be probably way cooler than the video I did on the one I bought. Which is the green one right there. Um but but my point is of the Tijimas I played, which I played a few now, I've played about six total of of different models. Uh the next seem very consistent in the idea that the next feel very middle of the road, not super thick, not super thin, definitely middle of the road, uh, in line with what I would find my G and L's and my fenders to be like, uh, maybe Schechter's as well, you know, nothing, nothing crazy out there. So, so, uh, nothing to concern me that if you, you know, don't like seriously thick necks or thin necks, you would be put off by this. If you don't like the neck feel, you don't like the neck feel, but it's a very common neck feel. So they didn't, they didn't create anything dramatically different. Um, Okay, hold on a second. I got some pen questions. Let me go back, pivot back, and it is, what do we got? Oops, got away from me for a second. Hold on a second. Uh, Dr. Marc Marcio Anita. Is it a real doctor? All right. We're going to say you are. You put doctor on there. Doctor says, JM low output, Strat, vintage 60, original 60, pro with 59. So he's thinking John Mayer, low output, Strat, vintage 60, original 60, or pro 59, uh, pro with 59. Um, I think the question you're asking me, which pickups would I recommend? Uh, The... I would go with the, the original 60 set. I think that's the way I would go uh, anything's, anything, anything, cl- like I said, I think that's not what John Mayer uses, but to me, to me to get, I, I, cause I've played this game, you know, all, a lot of us, John Mayer freaks have done this. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot of players that like John Mayer really, really fell in love with his tones on his albums. That's really what you got, you know, I and mean, he's got great tone, uh, on his albums. Um, uh, cause the strat sounds huge. And so what's funny is if you watch, I, I've experienced this a lot with a lot of guitar players. Okay. Which is, uh, what they use to get their sound sometimes isn't what you need to use to get their sound. Right. If you want to get something like that. And with John Mayer, I found the 69 uh, set of pickups from Fender got me the closest there or any kind of 69 esque, uh, set of pickups got me the closest to his fatter kind of rounder strat tone. Um, the Silver Sky, which sounds really great. I love it. In fact, I was just playing it right before the live show. Um, I love the pickups in the guitar. What's funny to me is I don't think that guitar sounds very John Mayer-esque in the way it sounds, but I love the way it sounds. It's brighter than what I would have pictured his sound to be. But, there you go. Uh, oh! Uh, in in, Oops. Okay. Enrico uh, says, thoughts on jam, shelving brands, and then china them them uh, when they bring them back. Randall seems to be the latest victim. So, what he's talking about is Jam. If you guys... Uh, I'll put a link in the index. I've done videos on who owns who videos. I did an update one. Uh, jam was a company I talked about. Jam is a Canadian company. They own a ton of brands. Uh, Randall is one of them. So, basically, U.S. Music was a company that owned Washburn, Parker, Eden, which now is owned by uh, Marshall, uh, Randall, Uh, And uh, I thought there was another one in there trying to remember as Parker his main ones were Parker. Oh, well, Oscar Schmidt, you know what I mean? All those brands. But anyways, um, there is a lot of shelving of brands from a lot of companies because the brands, uh, you know, it's not performing and it gets tough. And I think a lot of companies what happened was before. and, And this is something that's probably interesting to talk about. If you look at the early 2000s and again, this this we could look years before that. But I want to talk about the early 2000s, before the recession, okay? Before the 2006, 2000, we'll say 2005 to 2007ish is the main part of the recession for the music industry. Before the recession, there was a lot of companies looking at how could they di- diversify and cut costs. And one of the ways you could cut cost is, you know, you have a sales rep, they get in a car, you got to pay them per diem. You got to pay their expenses. You got to give them a commission, right? They're getting a piece of every dollar. If you're using, uh, you know, an external sales rep, if you have an internal sales force, there's a the cost of course with that, you have your medical, dental, all that stuff. And what happens is they would send a sales rep to a store and those reps could sell you their brand. Well, the thought became, well, what if they had 10 brands to sell? Because now the cost is fixed, right? Fixed costs are a big part of business, right? Makes perfect sense. If you have a building and you pay uh, you pay a certain amount of month rent every month, uh, whether that building is open 24 hours a day or 10 hours a day is essentially a fixed cost when it comes to rent. So if you can get more hours out of the building, you can exponentially uh, increase the amount of money you make against the cost. Right. So that's what they were trying to do. They're like, hey, I send one guy to a store and if the store is not interested in Washburn, he can sell Randall. And if they're not looking for Randall, they can sell Parker. And if they can't sell Parker, they're going to sell accessories. Right. This is what led Fender to go down this path of multiple brands. So the more brands, the better. And everybody jumped on that bandwagon. Okay, so there's a lot of companies that did that. We're not just talking about, you know, the, the, the the wholesale suppliers. We're talking about all the companies would do this. What happened during the recession was uh, I, I, and so, you know, my little smirk and laughter is because I had a business through the recession. I started my store one year before technically the, the the government says the recession started. Talk about great timing, right? And I grew my store during the recession, um, which was a very painfully horrible process uh, to do. Because every day you have to rethink your business model or you die. So anyways, that being said, um, what happened with a lot of brands is... Uh, they learned that in the new business model, which is smaller, less mom and pops, more big box stores, more online entities, because, you know, we think of big online st- companies like Sweetwater and Guitar Center and Music Friend, which is Guitar Center. But, you know, there's there's like Pitbull Audio, you know, that's a big force on the Internet. They you know what I mean? There's a lot of they own music store live now. There's more, You know, especially if you if you shop a lot at reverb, you'll notice all of a sudden, you know, Chicago Music Exchange, you know, you know, what I mean? there's big online entities besides the big guys. And so what the manufacturers learned is maybe not so much diversity. In other words, you know, maybe focus the brands down a little bit. And then that way you can buy more of those type of products, which will get the cost down on those products and get, you know, better deals and more margins. So that's what you're noticing. So when you're saying jam shelve the brands, what I'm saying is, is, is it's not a it's a survival system. Everybody's just trying to survive this thing. I'm not justifying it. I'm explaining it. I never try to, uh, argue anyone's business model. Um, Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, the winners are always decided in the end, not during, during the, you know, when it's happening. So we don't know if it's a smart decision or not, or if they're doing something good or bad, but, uh, but uh, ultimately it doesn't take a rock scientist to figure out that this is inevitably. A lot of brands are going to go exactly what you said, China-fying it. They're going to go to overseas. They're going to cut costs. They're going to do this stuff. Sometimes it's the only way to bring it back, you know, on this live show, talk about this live show. This is episode 130. If you go, to the first 60 episodes. That's how long ago it was. In the first 60 episodes, every week I was getting somebody somebody used to hit me every week and go, "Hey, Parker's coming back, Phil," cuz I said Parker wasn't coming back and they said, "Parker's coming back. Parker's coming back. You're wrong. It's on their website. They're coming back." And I would say proudly every week, "Uh, Parker's not coming back. Parker is ours." And uh, the reason is is I, I already knew some of the behind the scenes and some of the behind the scenes was that once you shut something like that down, you you know, and they let it get dormant for a year, it's impossible. It's really hard to bring it back. They can bring Parker back, but it's like I said, it's not going to be like it was. There'll be either a really high end, smaller amount of American made guitars or all import guitars. So I think this is something you're going to see more and more with brands, shelving brands. Um, I think, uh, we're very aware of it. There's like 10 brands you could probably think of right now. Most of us that are on the, on the shelf, so to speak, getting ready to, to, to go away. Um, and hopefully it's not a brand you like. So, uh, McDinga says, who isn't making amps overseas? Um, well, this is a, this is a trick question because first of all, it's almost impossible to make any kind of electronics or amplifier pedal without using overseas parts. So, so there, that being said, technically you could almost say no one technically, uh, because of that reason. However, I, I, do know that Mesa Boogie does not make an import Chinese line of amps. That is for sure, and they source as many of the components as uh, from from the U.S. as they possibly can, and or England, because obviously they get their selections from England. Um, but uh, but and in fact, it's getting so out of control. If you notice, it's almost impossible to find an amp that says made in anymore. Do you notice that? PRS amps, say assembled in. Uh, a lot of amps, a lot of pedals say assembled in USA, assembled in USA and not made in because essentially it's, it's, you know, they're just putting them together here. And that becomes the first coffin nails. You know, that's what killed Ampeg amps. Ampeg amps slowly more and more, uh, they would buy more components overseas, more components overseas to the point where they're pretty much assembling everything from import parts and then when they looked at the cost the most expensive cost of the amp was the assembly process and they're like well if we have it assembled overseas we can cut the cost and that becomes that road it's it's literally as as silly as it sounds it's the star wars you know uh, the 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 path to the dark side the first step as you will is is shaking the hands of the devil as soon as they decide to go with import parts they're going down that road now when i say you know, devil, I'm not saying imports are the evil. What I'm saying is, is, that's, if that's something you don't want to happen, if that's what you think is not what you want, if you want to build products in your country, as soon as you make a decision to go to a, to a cheaper country to make those decisions, you're taking a path that it has an inevitability of being overseas. Um, I can name 20 brands that, um, just, just within the 20 years were made in the U.S. and now made overseas, like Ampeg, Uh, Sabine Tuners. Remember them? They were made in the USA. They are now made overseas. I mean, there's tons and tons of of brands like this now that are like that. I did a video of that talking about that brands that did that. Reverend Guitars were once made in the USA, now made overseas. And again, none of that that I'm saying means quality. Some of you guys are going to say, oh God, you know, the, the old stuff was great and the new stuff's junk again, uh, if you have a personal experience like that, then great. But I'm not speaking of a personal experience. So I'm not going to tell you that the new, you know, stuff is not as good as the old stuff. I don't know. I just know that the change happened. Um, so, (laughs) okay, let's go to, uh, some super chatted questions. Hold on real quick. Um, hold on a second. Uh, Hold on! Wow, you guys were going crazy. Uh, <laughs> all right, here it is. Uh, let's see. Waterfront uh, Rutherford Giant says thanks, Phil. Uh, I actually have a real question. Um He says um hum. When Fender B Junior and Fender. So is it? I don't know. What... Oh, B Breaker Blues Breaker Blues Junior. Ah, blue. Okay, so he's just saving time. So the Fender Blues Junior and the Fender Blues uh, Blues Breaker, uh, seven watt attached to a donor abu switch no hum with the katana 50 whatsoever i am losing this question oh hum sorry sorry waterford we got the question here it is everybody what he's basically saying is is that when he's using his uh, donor ab box uh he's getting a hum through his two tube amps but he's not getting it with his katana amp yeah that's a simple fix buddy you need a better ab switch um Uh, (laughs) I'm laughing because I have one right here. Um, This is the one I highly recommend everybody use, the Big Shot ABY by Radio. Um, So you know, I have a good relationship with Morley and their AB boxes, including their new ones, are, are very good uh and i and i use an a, a Morley AB box and i i use uh i never use a Donner but i know it's like I seen Fender has one like that but this is the Mama Jamma if you don't want to deal with problems when it comes to uh using an AB box um these are made in Canada it's funny that it was right here <laughs> Radio, I'll be waiting for my check anytime soon. <laughs> Anyways, uh, uh, I've owned this thing now for, oh gosh, 15 years. I wonder if it tells me what year it is. Uh, 15 years, Maine, Canada. So as far as I know, it's still Maine, Canada. Everything's the same. Um, the uh, The reason why I recommend this uh, AVWOX, they have a, a more expensive one too. That one's cool too, but I use this one. Um, this will fix the problem. It has a transformer in it. What you need is you need a load against the signal that you're not using, Think of it this way. Again, some of you guys that are really crazy smart out there like Lawrence Petros to watch the show, you have a more technically correct answer. But this answer, I think, will make sense to most players. What I want you to picture is two uh, guitar cables, right, unplugged right now. You're plugging them in the AV box, right? And so they have uh, essentially, I want to say, a load against them. There's something When you switch one signal off and the other one on, it's like they're humming. The buzz you're getting is because it's like no different than if the cable was just sitting on the floor humming. That's the way I want you to picture it. So, what's great about AB box like this? They they have a little transformer in there that puts a load against that cable. Um, I'm sure that that technically is not 100 percent accurate the way I'm explaining it, but I think uh, listening to what I said makes sense to you guys. So, uh, so my answer to you is definitely get a better AB box. Morley does have one. I think it's 200 bucks. I when I bought this it was 100 bucks. Uh, so I can't imagine it's gotten much more expensive than that. But do yourself a favor. Seriously. I have tried every AB box. There's, there's nothing better than this one for the price that I've seen. Um, in fact, what I love about it, it doesn't take any power because there's no LED switches on it. You don't need any power. Just plug it in. Um, and, uh, it weighs about 6,000 pounds. (laughs) It's heavy. Like if (laughs) it's a heavy, it's heavy. Uh, so, um, so there you go. Uh, it's funny that it was right there. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad we answered that question. Next question is uh from DeGayFI says uh, have traditionalists kept have traditionalists kept the industry stagnant? So that's a good question. Basically the core of the question is has people has players who basically uh who like everything the way it was kept this industry uh stagnant? Yes. That would be exactly the way I would, I would say that, is that essentially uh, guitar players who think that Fender got it right, the first guitar, and Gibson got it right, the first guitar, and the Tube Screamer's first pedal was the best pedal, and the first Marshall ever made was the right Marshall. Yes, it makes it almost impossible for an industry to, to adapt and grow as much as it tries, because a lot of products fail. However, there is something that is... Uh, here is my uh, uh, theory of why it is that way. So, you know, okay, so I will tell you this, I've said this before on a live show, so I hate, hate repeating myself, but I'm pretty sure it's been a year since I've said this. So I'll repeat it again. Um, I have a theory and it goes something like this. Uh, we love the albums, the music, and that's what starts the gear journey when you're trying to be, you know, when you're a musician, right? So you, you that's what starts a lot of us as players. We hear music and uh, we start playing. Some of us see rock stars and want to play visually, but a lot of us it's audible. You're like, I love music. I want to make music. Anyways, the reason why I say that is because when you listen to a great album that you love back in the day, uh, I like to think of it as like having a great meal from a great chef. You go, hey, I, I love the meal. I want to recreate it at home. What ingredients did you use? And he says, I use these tomatoes, organic tomatoes, and I use these avocados, and I use this as the this is how long I saute everything. And so you write all that down, the you know, how they do it, the ingredients, the style, and you you replicate the, the meal. Um, so essentially, that's what's ha- happened is that Those ingredients, those vintage guitars, those vintage amps, those vintage pedals, they're in these forever iconic albums that are always going to be sought after. So it's hard to want the new gear. And and then the real problem is, well, you could argue, well, in new music, we're using new gear like Axe Effects. So is that what people use? It's possible. Like I said, I, I don't know if you're how, how about this? If you're under 20 and you, that watch the show, because I know there's a lot of you guys because I see the demographics on YouTube, you can weigh in on that. Tell you tell me I you know, you tell me. <laughs> so uh, Andrew Stevens, hold on a second. I don't want to jump to that one until I make sure I grab another one real quick. How are we doing on time? We're going to run a little little over. Um, OK, hold on a second. And OK, I just want to make sure. OK, uh, the next one is Andrew Stevens says sharpen my axe on a Harley Benton CS24. I already talked about it at the beginning, Andrew. So hopefully you just refer to that on the replay. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, I just want to keep it moving. Raymond says ever used a THR Yamaha to record uh, through a USB. I have not. I uh, have not. Uh, the THR 10 is uh you know i tried to buy a thr 10 i think i talked about this and and i got frustrated because it was like every store uh, see <laughs> i'm frustrated <laughs> every store has one <laughs> they have the black one or they have the green one or the tan one and i want to hear all three and try to figure out which one i want <laughs> You know what i mean it's tough i think i thought i wanted the tan when i played it and then i go maybe i don't i th- so now I'm thinking I want the black one. Uh, this has been a, a weird thing. Uh, so every store stocks one. Yeah, well, here's a here's the thing, man. Try to figure out how to get your dealers to stock more than one of the three versions of your amp. That's weird. Um, so there you go. Uh, DJ Cosmic says... Maybe it's Cosmic. That would make sense. M-I-K, Mick. DJ Cosmic. Sorry, buddy. Any thoughts on the SX Liquids sold by Rando, Rondo Music? Uh, ever heard of them? They look so weird, kind of want to buy one just for the, the three P90s. I don't know that particular model of SX X, SX with an S uh, and an X, Sam X-Ray. Um, I have owned SX instruments before from Rondo Music. Rondo Music to me is Harley Benton before Harley Benton. In other words, every time somebody talks about Harley Benton, I always remind them of Aguilar and SX, SX from Rondo Music here in the United States. If you live in the United States, they sell amazing stuff, just as good as Harley Benton. Same price points, same stuff. Pick, pick, pick your, pick your poison. Uh, so yes, I I like the stuff. Um, funny. I can actually put Essex in a strange category in, in my life, which is I had a mini P base copy from them and, um, loved it, sold it and bought a fender mini P base, a rare one that they only made for a couple years. And, Regretted it and sold that one because I really should have kept the SX and SX stops making that mini P bass. So there you go. I actually liked it more than the Fender. It was copying. Uh Craig says, Hey, thank you, coffee. Sweet. Sometimes coffee's better than beer on behalf of annoying customers everywhere. Yeah, you know what? Customers aren't annoying when they're customers. <laughs> I never really said it that way, but I, I have a friend who said it that way and I thought it was a great way of saying it. So, uh, like I said, I, I, I've learned to figure out how to love everyone who's ever supported you. That's the way you have to think. As a business person, that's the best attitude you can try to figure out how to adopt. Same thing as a YouTuber. Anyone supports you in any way, you better figure out a way to love them, even if they're difficult. Um, because because the worst customer is better than no customer. That is honest. That is legit. It sounds like I'm just being nice, and it's not. Uh, you can ask anyone who's ever almost lost a business, lost a business. They will tell you exactly what I'm saying. The worst customer is better than no customer. Uh, Sexy Calzone says, Fender versus Goto versus Wilkison for Strat trims. Uh, you know, I, I like Goto a lot. Um, somebody asked me what my favorite tremolo was, and it is the Goto tremolo that's in the Ibanez Azs. I really like it. I think it's the Goto S10, something ten, could be. Um, it doesn't matter. I, I really like it. Wilkinson, you know, I like Trev Wilkinson a lot, him personally, and I think his bridge is really cool. Um, but personally speaking, I think I like Godot trims the most. I don't know, just the way they feel and the way they look aesthetically, but. I've never really had a personal opinion about any three to remove or swap any of the three. So what I can tell you is all my strats have strat trims in them. All of my Ibanezes that have Godos have Godos. Uh, uh, my uh, my uh, Dan Electros have Wilkinson in them. They have Wilkinsons. I, I haven't yanked any of those tremolos out to change it. It's usually if I'm tra- changing a tremolo out, it's some other off-brand thing that's something weird. So... Uh, Bill Thornton, man. Bill, it's good to hear you. It's good to talk to you, but you gave me the hardest question. I can already tell. Any common cures for neck dive on SG guitars? Oh, my goodness. Uh, he's talking about an SG. And the problem is, I don't play my SG. I've learned this. I've never, pl- I don't play it, uh, with a, with a strap. I sit, sit and play, because I'm a YouTuber, and we sit and play. <laughs> <laughs> and when I go jam with buddies, I don't take Gibsons. Uh, I, you know, I, I should take my SG. I just don't. Um, uh, but um, I, I think we've had this question before, and I suggested maybe a wider strap. And then some people said they don't work either. I, I looked at it. I, I just don't have a fix, man. I, I, it actually kept me up. Sorry, it actually kept me up one night. Thinking about that. Somebody asked that question before trying to like, man, if I could just come up with a great answer, I'd be so cool. <laughs> and I couldn't. If you guys have a great answer, I'll tell you what. Please put it in the comments down below. I'll make sure to give you credit for it. And uh, and uh, you'll help Bill out as well. Um, looking at it, it looks like they need to put some kind of extender piece on it. Um, Shane M says, saw the photo of the Charvel DK24. What? This is one of those weird moments where I've realized my Instagram friends are now going to meet my YouTube friends. That's a weird thing when you have two friends from two different parts of your life meet. Uh, what are your initial thoughts? You mentioned previously you weren't impressed with the one you saw in the store. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, it's funny. I just want to say this, Shane. <laughs> I posted a picture on Instagram the other day. And the only reason I posted it is another YouTuber who I trust told me that your YouTuber viewers and your Instagram viewers are generally not the same people and they don't cross over. So I thought, Oh, this is cool. I'll start playing. I'll start talking to them like they're different audiences. And then you hit me with, so yes, there was a picture of a Charvel DK 24 in my Instagram feed, <laughs> which is, uh, not, 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 not supposed to be out yet. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's funny. I feel like I got caught. <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, cause, cause I, cause I know you guys are gonna be like, where's the video now? Um, and yes, I did mention previously that I did. I tried one at the, at the Tempe guitar center. And, uh, if it's still there, if anyone lives in Tempe and you go in there, you'll see what I'm talking about. Literally it's a, it's a saw blade. It's the worst fret sprout I've seen on a guitar. I would put it in my top, you know, 20 worst I've ever seen in my life. So, um, That really put me off. And then So You Know What Happened. This is what happened, Shane. So the story goes like this. Um, When I was in Germany, uh, when I did got to play the Rockin' 1000, which is where 1,000 musicians played in front of 26,000 musicians, which was a pretty pretty cool thing to happen, especially when I didn't know what was happening until that week. You're like, wow, I'm going to do what? You know, it's like on Monday, you're like, next Sunday, you're playing in front of 26,000 people. And you're like, what? That's crazy! This is gonna be fun. Um, Ibanez had provided guitars for uh, the YouTubers as a, uh, to, to so we'd have for the events, right? So they they were like, "Hey, we have guitars for you guys," because they knew a lot of us didn't have guitars. Um, me being a uh, an Ibanez Az lover. Um, I picked out the most expensive AZ they had of all the guitars. In fact, they did it before neither YouTuber had a shot. I grabbed the one and it was like a $2,700 street price guitar. And then what happened was uh, I was playing with it all week and I really liked it. But I knew that when I because I already had bought an AZ before uh, when I was overseas, I knew that if I asked uh, Ibanez uh, to sell it to me for it to sell it to me, I knew that the deal was not going to be that awesome. And so I was like, okay, and that's important because that guitar is expensive. So the re- this is the reason why the story is important. So I wanted the guitar. It's a very long story. It's probably not that interesting, but obviously it ended with me buying the guitar. They did give me a deal. It was, when I say give me a deal, I mean, it, it, it ended up not really being that much of a deal because I had to pay, uh, what is it? Uh. The, the, the taxes in Europe. And we talked about this before on the show. Somebody was, I said that I had to pay them. Somebody said, if you tell them at the airport, the reason I paid the taxes is because the only way they could sell me the guitar, they couldn't sell it to me. The only way they sell the guitar guitars, the employee bought it. And then I bought it personally using PayPal friends and family from the employee. That was the only way we could make it trans. So he had to pay the taxes. So I paid the taxes because he had to pay the taxes because he is a German uh, citizen. So they were just trying to accommodate me, in other words. Ibanez wasn't set up to sell me this guitar, and I just wanted it. So what happened was, but really what I wanted, so you know, Shane, was I wanted the guitar that I played in front of 26,000 people, which is probably the only time and last time I've ever played in front of that many people. uh, I wanted to have that guitar. I just thought it'd be you know, like, that would be great. So when we were there in Germany, I went into a music store called Sessions Music. session Sessions? 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 Wow. Sessions music. And uh no SH. I don't know why I can't say it. Se- sessions. I give up. Anyways, um, anyways, they had the the DK uh twenty fours. Um and I thought, okay, you know what? I can buy a DK twenty four. For less money, as paying retail, than I can buy this Ibanez, you know, and if they give me a deal. And what ended up happening was the the store they only had two, and they were really heavy. In fact, I never seen one, and so that I really wanted one from that. But really, what did it? So you know, Shane was you guys. Every every guitar I've reviewed in the last couple of weeks that has the uh, a roasted maple neck, every single person's brought up the DK twenty four. So the DK twenty four is here because. It was on the radar. It was something I wanted to, to talk about uh, anyways. It was something I wanted to personally own. And I've never seen so many comments about one guitar. It, seemed like every, it seems like everybody seems to be using that as the benchmark for all these other roasted maple that guitars. So I, I leaked it on Instagram. Sorry to bore you guys with that story. Um, but that's why it's here. And the review should be about a week out. So there you go. I actually filmed it. I just haven't edited it. Uh, Grubby Mike says I love the looks of the green Tajima, and I don't normally like green guitars. Oh, and here's a little something. Oh, I appreciate that, Grubby Mike, I uh, very much. And the Tajima, yeah, the green one. Uh, so you guys know this one, the green one. Uh, I wanted the copper one really bad, or the black one. And when I when I decided to get one, I went on Reverb and um that there was a good deal on the green one. So I bought the green one. I, I probably, I got the green one for about 150 bucks less than I could have got the black one from for. So, um, so I got the green one to save 150 bucks and that's a, that's a reality of it. Sometimes you know, Hey, I, I like green. I like the color. And you know what? I didn't like black $150 more. <laughs> uh, Curtis PS says, does having the guitar volume low will have an impact on the pickups? Would hot pickups have more clarity at a, at that volume, then when max that's a great question very good question so uh, the core of the question essentially is when you back the volume off on the guitar if i'm understanding correctly he's asking would a hotter pickup have more clarity you know here's what i would think on that uh and there's so much factored into this um but uh, what i would say is why what has more uh more to do do with the clarity of the pickup would be whether or not it has a treble bleed like we talked about earlier or the quality of the potentiometer or the quality of the components um and the type of potentiometer whether it's uh you know what what kind of potentiometer it is whether it's linear or tapered um so that would probably be a huge part so for instance you definitely want like a tapered potentiometer um but uh Nothing that I've noticed. How about that? Because I I do do that. If you notice, um, I back the the volume knob a quarter turn back on most of the time when I'm playing guitar. If I'm not doing a video demo, I'm instinctively always have my volume knob quarter turn back. Um, I know it's frustrating for people because I when I hand my guitar <laughs> to people uh, when I'm playing live with somebody and they grab one of my guitars, they always like, "What the heck's wrong with your guitar?" And then they roll it forward and they go, "Oh, what was that?" And I go, "Yeah, I quarter turn it back." It's just. It's just the way I soften the attack. Because um, I play a lot of chords. I don't do solos. Um, so, there you go, Curtis. But maybe it'd be an interesting video to comparison. do a comparison. Or maybe somebody has already done it. Maybe, like, John Segborn's done it. That guy does crazy stuff. So, he might have done it. Let's uh, do it. There's almost 800 of you guys. All right. Let's uh, find a non-super chat question. And... Um, Hold on. Uh, a lot of people, by the way, on the SG are talking about putting weights on the back of the guitar. That I've I've heard and I've seen it. I've seen somebody put some slugs in the cavity of the guitar. Uh. So. It's funny you guys are really focused on his heavy l- SG. Hopefully, Bill, they fix in your problem. Okay, uh, enough. mad something, <laughs> Regal, says, Hey, Phil, what are your thoughts on upgrading speakers in a cheaper cab or buying an expensive cabinet? Um, it's a great question. I really am for, uh, better speakers. I don't want to say expensive, right? Uh, because that's not what it's about. Uh, it's because you can get good speakers non-expensively. Um, good speakers in a cheap cabinet, uh, I, I find do better than a good cabinet with a cheap speaker in it. And the reason I say that is because it's a frustrating point because I find that a lot of manufacturers do just that. They they build you a nice cabinet and then they stick a cheaper speaker in it. It drives me crazy. Um, so yeah, you can get a better quality speaker. Um, so if you're... The question is, what what would you put the money into? Um, I would put in my money into a better speaker, into a cheaper cabinet. So... Now, that being said, cabinets make a huge part of the sound, too. So, I mean, you have to factor that in. But in in my experience, if I have a crappy cabinet and a good speaker versus a good cabinet and a crappy speaker, you see what I'm saying? I find that the good speaker always wins, especially when you're recording it. So... But again, that is not definitive of anything. That's just a generalization that I found to be accurate. Uh, Chuck in music says, "Hey Phil, I have a Squire PJ bass with active pickups. What that are kind of noisy. Any suggestion on vintage sounding passive pickups? Uh, tip on the build. Yeah, so so it's interesting. Um, the active. So Mike, so to explain it to you, Chuck, your pickups aren't active. Your electronics are active on that bass. So your pickups are passive." The noise is probably coming from those crappy active electronics because you got to think of it this way. It's a cheap, cheap active system in the, in the Squire, right? Trying to hit a price point. Anytime somebody's trying to hit a price point, they're going to do some, some squirrely stuff. Um, so Chuck, what I would do first, since you probably don't like the active and you're already talking about putting in some great sounding pass and pickups, gut the active electronics out of that unit, take that out assembly out of there. And put in new passive electronics, uh, you know, uh, passive, you know, co- electronics, <laughs> and uh, keep the original pickups and see what happens. So um, that's my first inkling, um, and then, then from there, you know, I mean, because that's pretty s- straightforward on a PGA base, right? Uh, just do that, and then if you go, wow, this is it, I'm f- my problems are solved, you're good, and if not, then you know to get to go next to. Uh, a new set of pickups so there you go and then pickups i mean their pickups are your oyster when it comes to pickups there's so many good choices i like bartolini's a lot i use those a lot in my instruments i like the um uh some people like the seymour duncan bass pickups i like them pretty good uh i'm not a huge fan in other words when i say that i i I love all the ones i've installed in people's guitar our our basses happy with them i just never put them in mine um because i use bartolini's a lot And, um, I'm looking around and of course, fender pickups. I like the fender pickups a lot. I use those as well. So, but what's great is, uh, you know, don't, we were talking about used gear. Don't forget, man, always look at used pickups. What a great way to save some cash and get something cool or try to find those odd brand, you know, smaller brand pickups too. They're always kind of nice. Um, but at first I would definitely gut the active electronics and go passive electronics and see what happens. So I have a feeling that that will solve a lot of your problems. Uh, okay. Okay. And on that note, even though there's 800 of you, I think we're gonna have to call it, but I'm going to try to do two quick questions or try to, before we go, <laughs> you guys is, I love you guys' internal quiet uh, stuff. I'm sure when you guys watch the replay on this and you read the comments, they're hilarious. Sometimes I've read them just for the, cause you guys just have the greatest conversations back and forth Oh Keith H said is it a good idea to tune your guitar down if you're not playing for a while Um I don't uh you know what I mean acoustic guitars maybe Acoustic guitars are much different than electrics maybe I would probably do that Um I don't so uh that that is the only thing I can tell you um, I'm not saying it's it's not a good idea or a good idea. I can only tell you what I do. I don't tune down any of my instruments just because they sit long uh, for long periods of time. Uh, I've mean, I had no issues with them holding tension. So, yeah, and I have no problems uh, guitars hanging on the walls. All the stuff I hear about, I don't have any trouble with any of that stuff. <laughs> so, um, but the question is is it a good idea? I don't know. I don't think you're going to hurt it either way. How about that? And um, and then probably because later when this replays, there'll be a bunch of people right now going, oh, well, I had a neck twist or I had this happen. I've seen everything happen regardless of the circumstances. It's almost like the guitar is going to... In most cases, the guitar, if it's not a good piece of wood, it's going to do weird stuff, and there's just no way to save that or not. So... Okay, and then we're looking for the last question. Let me make sure that there's not a super chat I missed. Chuck was the last one. Oh, see, there's a couple real quick. Okay, and we got... Uh, Bill just did a beer for me. Thanks for your help. I did nothing. That's great. You guys uh, gave Bill a 1,000 suggestions, and I get a beer. This is the best gig ever. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> I'll be back next week. You guys can answer all your own questions. I'll tr- How about next week? I drink a beer for the hour, and you guys answer each other's questions. Literally could go down to the Guinness Book of World Records best job ever, uh, Reggie. hey Reggie, you're always at the end of the show. You're always always doing stuff. I love it, man. It says Reggie says I had to work late too. Have a beer on me. Reggie's quest to make me an alcoholic is, of course, uh, in play. <laughs> so I think I appreciate it, Reggie. I mean, no sarcasm, man. That's really cool. Thank you for the hookup. Uh, Patient zero says Squire, st- Starcaster, or Fender. Or Fender Modern Starcaster? Fender Modern Starcaster. So which one would I pick? The Squire Starcaster or the Fender Modern Starcaster? Hmm. You know, uh, Patient Zero, this is the the tough part because, you know, I don't want to do a cop-out thing. Um, Instinctively, I just want to suggest Fender because it's Fender. Fender over Squire. But realistically... Uh it's it here's the trick. If you get to touch them, just touch them and the best one wins. Don't use the brand as the as the qualifier. Without touching them, unfortunately, sometimes you got to rely on maybe the quality of the higher end brand and components and stuff. But um I don't know. Uh, I wish I I wish I had some experience with either one. I could tell you. Right now, it'd just be me guessing randomly, uh, and that's not fair to you. So I'll tell you what, buddy. It, hopefully, so, if anyone has that instrument, they can put in the comments, you know, which one they like better. Um, I definitely like Squires, and I definitely like Fenders. I I have both. Obviously, I buy more Fenders than Squires. A lot of that's branding. You know what I mean? Vans, Vans is the Vans ad. Van. I mean, branding is branding but I mean, I don't want to be just like a brand dude. (laughs) So, and on that note, I think we're going to call it so we can all start our weekends. Uh, Of course, I want to do a quick shout out to the patrons that uh, make the channel happen every week. And they are the live show support crew. And uh, the new one is F crew F crew, like Motley crew, but F crew, James Biles, Lawrence Petros, Rob, Martha, David Foy, Blake Bean, Derek Miller, uh, Gene Graham, Michael Mooney, Alasdara McLeod, Bruce Collins, Andy Dennis, Gary Phillips, Sam Orem, Chief Squatch, Muse Guitarist, Bob Crosley, Todd Flowers, Ta- Tim Farnsworth, Zesty Basil, Pizza, Greg Peterson, Dennis Prescott, Craig Parker, Lonnie Hoke, Joseph McCarthy, Anthony De Desposito, Brian Stewart, Kermit Jackson, Tim Camacho, Paul Strike, Michael Lindler, Jonathan Pickering, Bob Pickwode, Lewis and Alvaro, Chris at the Guitar Pit, check out his channel, Je- Jeff Howes, BB Ninja, Zachary Rowe, Justin Mabe, and and Jeff Thompson, they, amongst other uh, other patrons, and you guys support the channel every week, so we can hang out every Friday, I appreciate it, it's, uh, it's a cool gig, I'm very lucky to have it, and uh, thank you so much, especially with almost 800 of you guys, that was a pretty cool episode, and uh, I'm going to index it, like I said, and we covered all my uh, announcements, so on that note, I will leave you for next week, keep in mind what I said about the whole, um, you know, Uh, answering questions about videos i did that week on the live show that would be uh great and uh and also i think we'll have a cool giveaway maybe next week uh uh so uh actually we will how about that i won't even tease it we have a cool little giveaway next week so uh we'll we'll do that as well and on that note i will let you guys go and uh until next week thanks for your time and know your gear